Check one, two. There we are. Hello, and welcome. And thank you for tuning in to this brand new podcast. Um, we're not sure what the name of it is yet, so thank you for clicking on a podcast that doesn't have a name yet. Um, part of what we're going to be doing today is figuring out what we're going to call this podcast. And I know that that sounds unprofessional, but trust me, we do know what we're doing. Uh, my name is Taylor Alexander. I'll be your host. And joining me shortly will be my friend Kai Romero. And we are going to be talking to you about the crypto and NFT world and the spiritual realm and the intersection between them. Uh, we look forward to uh, hopefully teaching you a little bit more about these, uh, this strange new world that is the NFT space and the crypto world. And uh, hopefully we'll learn some... Uh, something ourselves because we're not that uh, not that far on our journey. So that is my dog Goomba barking upstairs. Welcome him as well. And uh, yeah, here comes the show. Oh, what's that? Oh no, it's a podcast. It's, it's coming right at us. Ah! You are now about to enter a new dimension. It's a little better. Yeah. How are you? I'm pretty all right. Pretty all right. Word. Better than the last time I talked to you. Um, okay. Not good. as good as I've ever been, you know? Um, yeah, that's how, I think that's, uh, that's how it goes, right? It's like what we were talking about before, that like the ups and the downs, you know? Mm-hmm. And learning to learning to embrace both of them, even though the ups are obviously way more pleasant. Totally, yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like a wave. You just gotta, you know, yeah. keep your head Ride above water. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I came I came up with a couple of different uh, titles. Um, sorry, I didn't do it sooner. I had to procrastinate, uh, like I love to do today. So, but um, no you know, one that I just realized is. It's like we were saying before. We could, or it's like we were talking about before because we say we say that a lot. Um, so yeah. that that's a possibility. Um, but what about our Kryptilian brains? Mm. Uh, NFT for two, like T E A, you know. But I don't really want to drink tea, so that I don't. I'm not. I don't want to commit to that. Yeah. Uh, Tay and Kai's crypto adventure with an exclamation point, um, or the Psycho Crypto Cast. Oh. And those are the four that I came up with. Uh, right before you jumped on, do any of those like titillate you? The, the the one that the one that uh, resonates with me most is the adventure. I wonder if we could do a different thing in the beginning of it, though. Like instead of Tay and Kai's, like something crypto adventure or something. I like adventure. Adventure sounds like a nice little like. Because I, and I think it also does really describe um, the energy that I think we're kind of going that we're bringing to this, where it's like it's a journey and it's an exploration. It's kind of like NFTs are this new wild west, and we're going on an adventure like in the world of NFTs, you know. So it's like a cryptographic adventure or something, you know. Like, Ooh, okay, we're getting somewhere. Um, what about like, I just thought with that, what you just said, like Oregon Trail, like what about like the, something like that? Because I was thinking, I, I put our names in there because I was thinking like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, Bill and Ted's, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
so but I like where I like where that. So what did you just say? The cryptographic adventure, or or a cryptographic adventure. Oh, I like. Yo, that. let me see if um, I'm wondering if headphones might be better. Hold up. Okay. This is all experimental, so we're gonna we're just feeling this out. We're uh, I we're not new to the podcast space, but we're not uh, seasoned veterans either. I don't know how long you've been doing your 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 podcast, Kai, but I just started. I just started. Uh, April 2020. Okay. So I got so a couple yeah, years on you, but I haven't been. That. Well, if I, cause it was an idea. Can you hear me? Okay. I can. I feel like the microphone is better though without the headphones. Was it better without the headphones? Mm-hmm. This one sounds to me, your voice sounds much more in the room with the way this way. Okay. Perfect. Um, okay. I'm down. If there's anything that, this past year and COVID has taught me is that like, uh, to expect what has happened in like the majority of my life to continue is, would be a fool's errand. So we got to look to the future as best we can. And, uh, that's why, uh, I'm glad you're doing this with me. And also thanks for the shrooms. Cause that's (laughs) where I got the idea from. I was like, you know what? We've been having great conversation for like 48 hours straight um, we should probably record this shit. So, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that was our, like our, like propeller as a society thrust forward into that, into this digital world. Like whether you were ready yeah. for it or not, it's like, okay, we got at least six months to a year of staying, changing life in general. Like if you weren't ready for it, here comes, here comes the yeah. digital realm, you know, like that's how I felt about it. At least like I was aware of some stuff, but I wasn't into crypto at all. Like I was definitely not as into NFTs. I was living in just a completely different, uh, mindset, you know? Yeah. And that's what I, I think so interesting too, because I was talking to a friend yesterday and I really like respect her opinion. And I, I feel like she's really smart, just like intellectual mind, you know? And so I asked her about NFTs and she actually had not, I wouldn't say a negative take, but wasn't like super excited about them. Like you and I are. And I think it is very much grounded in that, like holding on to what is non-digital as opposed to moving your mindset and your focus and just like, and so it's just this, it's it's just an interesting space that we're all entering into of like how the digital world is really starting to, incorporate so much of our lives and integrate itself into like the three-dimensional world and it's like you know even just that idea that she was talking about I guess I I didn't I wasn't familiar with the news um post but she she said there was some like you know trending news thing that was going on with um with Banksy and he had done an art piece and then I guess like either taken a photograph of it or, or digitized it in some way. And then they burned the actual physical art piece. And so the NFT is like the only true, like, you know, representation of that art. It's like a true, like just digital art, the, the actual piece that he originally created, like no longer exists. And she was like, Oh, why'd they do that? You know, like, and, and she was like pushing it back against that idea of like, the physical she, she was really holding on to the idea that the physical art is what is the valuable part and like what like what's the point of the digital one right and i think that's what's so cool about nfts is it does make the digital one more legitimate and more concrete and more like yo no this is like 
it, it, it's kind of like that bridge. It almost feels like that bridge between what 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 kind of works in the physical space. Like this is a one of one. Like no one else has this object. It makes that into the digital. It's the digital like equivalent of what we already experience in our lives in physical reality. Totally. You know? What I love about it is like, it's, it's, it's not taking away from anything with the physical, like your friend isn't wrong in, in that, in that misunderstanding. It's like, it's not one or the other. It's both. It's like, it's like that you take a piece of art and you're able to clone it and then, and then mint it into the blockchain through this new technology. So now you have two pieces of valuable art, one that is, will live forever in perfect condition on, on, in the digital world on the blockchain. And then one that will eventually perish over time because nothing is ever permanent here, you know? So for the, like, I look at it as like somebody like almost like Dr. Strange, like created a new porthole or like wormhole into this new world. And I got to peek my head in and be like, Oh crap. Like, this is amazing. Like, I don't have to stop doing anything in the physical realm, but I can take this journey and take this fork in the road to go down this new path and see where that leads. And that's me being a, just curious by nature, which I think a lot of artists are. Um, this yeah. is really exciting to be able to find a new path. It's almost like Alice in Wonderland. Like, it's never – something like this has never happened in the history of art as long as humans have been around because there's never been a way to truly, um, um, authenticate a piece of art like this. Yeah. And once that, once the word gets out on that and once people understand it, cause they will understand it eventually, you know, yeah. all things that are that, foreign get pushed back at, at first, but. And I think that like kind of combination as you're speaking to is, I think that's going to be one of the areas that we can all, um, innovate within the NFT space and also I think what will be most successful is like because I've been kind of like reading up on certain NFT ideas where it almost correlates to something that you get in the real world whether it's like almost like a subscription type of thing or like a membership like you can only go to like say even a music festival a music festival instead of tickets mm-hmm. in the normal way that we sell tickets it's almost like an NFT is your ticket Yep. Um, and only people that have gotten the 200 NFTs that were created, like were minted for this thing is basically your entrance into this, this physical uh, event or experience or immersion or whatever it is. And so I think that's definitely um, a way that NFTs will kind of be that bridge and um, be kind of just incorporated I don't know, because at least for me, that's kind of a new concept for me, because I had just thought of NFTs more of the authentication. This is a certificate of like legitimacy for this specific digital piece. But that's it. It's just a, a little thing certificate. And it just says it's legit. And that's it. Versus now I'm like opening my mind up to like, okay, actually, this certificate can actually have real world implications or actual practical uses in terms of you know, access to something or something like that. So totally you're hitting on something, you're hitting on something so key. Like there's so much fraud and so much like uh, scalping that goes on with the traditional ticket, um, 
way that ticketing works for live events, that's all going to go away because you can't scalp an NFT. You can only sell it transferred person to person. Um, they're already doing stuff like this. Everybody's trying to create their own token. Everybody's trying to, it's crazy. Like, um, eventually your house, your deed to your house is going to be an NFT. Your life insurance policy will be an NFT. Your car title will be an NFT. Like it's going to be everything because, uh, they're not, it's, it's something you can't, you can't fake. You're going to get like a Louis Vuitton bag and you'll get an NFT that has, it says, this is a real Louis. This is a real Gucci. Like all of this stuff is coming and uh, you're hundred percent right. It is the art thing first, which is the easiest thing for people to understand, I think, but it's also anything else that you can imagine that could be digitized. Um, any kind of document, anything, people's wills, like there's yeah. so much opportunity and who knows what's going to, what makes more sense. But I feel like there's a lot of, of, uh, of not like black market and secondary market industries that exist in the real world that will be, um, cease to exist because of, because of this new technology. Yeah. yeah I guess what, um, yeah, what, what you're helping me realize is it's like, I think it's one of the biggest values is the security aspect of it. Mm-hmm. The non hackable kind of like, because everything is shared and it's on a decentralized network there's a very like the legitimacy is what brings value or that's where the value is coming from the nft you know it's that legitimacy it's that ability to um eliminate the middlemen is is a huge part of it you know it's just like you want oh you i can sell you my car here's the deed like we can transfer it we can do it that way you don't have to involve all the other BS that is has grown to such a mammoth proportion. It's so hard to get the easiest, littlest thing done uh, yeah. because of all the bureaucracy and all that. It takes all that away. And it also, as the value of cryptocurrency grows, it makes more sense. And that market share grows. It makes more sense for people to be dealing in this realm because it's it, just like I said, it's going to be more consumer friendly and it feels better because you're not having to deal with all of the the bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, and speaking of growth, I feel like ETH is ETH is like the most valuable it's ever been, right? Dude, like, May the Fourth be with you. By the way, today's May the Fourth. ETH is exploding. Oh, I know it's crazy. Like I, I know you and you and Dev bought in when I was in New York a couple weeks ago, and uh, I've been I've been hodling what I had left after I minted my first round of NFTs a couple of months ago. But I'm gonna sign into Robinhood and check it out and see what where it's at right now. It's at thirty three eighty five right now. Yeah, and I think it hit like 34, 35 for the first time. Like, basically, is the highest it's ever been. It's nuts. It was at like fifteen, floating around fifteen and sixteen on the first of March when I learned about this whole yeah. place. That's how new yeah, I am. Yeah. yeah, I bought in at like seventeen hundred, and it's thirty three hundred now. It's crazy, man. It's. Yeah, I mean, I was actually, just talking to a friend who bought in at like three hundred. I'm like, holy shit. And we are not financial advisors, and we, we're not giving financial advice. We do have to state oh, that. But I am actually in training to become a financial advisor, so pretty soon I won't have to say that anymore because I will be licensed in the state of Ohio as a financial advisor. So um, I just realized that yesterday. I was like, oh, I'm going to be – we're going to have this crypto podcast, and then at one point I won't have to say uh, this isn't financial advice because I'll be protected by the state. So uh, <laughs> there we go. that's going to be fun. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Um, yeah. So what do I have? What do I have here for names? I th- I like the uh, uh, the cryptographic our cryptographic adventure. Yeah. Our okay. Yeah, I like that. Our cryptographic adventure. And then we can just introduce ourselves in the intro so that people know who we are and where to find our us. Cryptographic and... adventure. 
It's making me think of like what. What about cryptocology? Uh, <laughs> I do like that. taken it probably is well crypto cryptography is probably like the more technical we wouldn't be able we would that would definitely be taken but cryptocology that kind of like adds a little bit of spice in there you know because we're gonna we're gonna be like talking about the psychology of it and this and spirituality and all that stuff as well oh nobody's taking it Uh uh-oh it's like it's almost like two it's like a weird word. Even typing it out is like cryptocology. That like OCO, you know? Yeah. It could do a hyphen in the middle. That maybe that would make it look better. Cryptocology University. Or it could just be called cryptocology, you know, just one word. 
I don't know. What do you guys think? If anybody's listening to this first episode, send us a note. It's not going to matter because we're going to decide on our own. But uh, <laughs> we're, we're open to feedback. In <laughs> I'm always open to that's it. And that's something like um, that I've really been. I think I. I think there's like a delicate balance of hearing people and then not hearing people. You know, like like I think. I grew up being too, too like paying attention to people's opinions, caring about what people think. When someone gives me feedback, really taking it personally, like, oh, I'm like, I'm that way. Like seeing everyone else's truth as like true, as opposed to really questioning stuff. Mm -hmm. And then as I've gotten older, I've like questioned more and more and more. And I have more of like, I don't really give a fuck what people think. And now I'm starting to like, okay, I think I'm finding a middle balance, like swing a little bit back into that pendulum of like openness and receptivity to other people's ideas. Cause you really can learn from people. People can really help you. Um, and being open to ideas, like it can spark and ignite you, you know? Totally. Um, I so yeah, couldn't agree back. more. I set this up for I set up a mic for auto-tune so I can use it in funny places and we can add another element to the show (laughs) yeah I love it I'm here for it I love it awesome I'm glad you like it (laughs) I might cut that out Uh, I couldn't agree more dude like I there was a time especially when I moved to LA from Ohio like everybody is judgmental here and and it's like hard uh, there's like a lot of like uh, fake stuff and like acting and stuff and um, more like more like fear of being honest really and I was moving out to LA and I was like I want to give less fucks but I don't want to give no fucks because that's dangerous but I want to just give like a handful of fucks, you know? And I feel like that's kind of the good balance where you like, you know, uh, it's like you care, but not, not what everybody says, but just like about certain people that you care about, you know? And then also questioning that in the same time and, and understanding and, uh, being able to hold two, uh, you know, differing ideas in your head at the same time, but also, um, you know, like, like you said, having that balance, I think is key. And I'm always striving. It's it's impossible to keep it stable, but it's always fluctuating like a wave, but having that balance in mind, I think is important. And I think seeing it, there's like a clarity, there's a clarity of seeing the person's perspective for just what it is, a perspective from another human being who has a bunch of different experiences. It's not truth. And, and, and checking yourself as well and realizing that your own truth is just your perspective. So I'm going to consider this person's perspective because that's what happened yesterday. That's exactly what happened yesterday. When she started talking about, oh, NFTs, like not super excited about it. You know, the old version of myself would have been like, oh, I guess they're not really that dope, you know? And then now this like more recent version, like I, I was able to just see it and just be like, okay, that's her perspective. I'm actually going to be open and like, realize that this is a learning experience for me to like get an idea of what another person thinks about nfts what are the things that what are the things that um what's the resistance that they have towards it what are the blockers that they have towards um 
accepting this sort of thing? What is preventing them from using it? What's preventing them from investing in it? What's preventing them from believing in it? All of that information will inform the way that I, you know, present my ideas about NFTs, the way that I talk about it, the way I think about it when I'm creating it, like, like all of that information actually informs how I can approach, you know, like the space in general. And so, very wise. Um, I don't know. It was just like, it was cool. I just like noticed that I was able to just really like see it and just like see it very clearly for what it was, which is just one person's opinion, you know, and, and, and just like absorb it and consider it and be open to it while also being grounded still in like the things that I know, the other beliefs that I have around it, what I see, like the, the, the vision that I have uh, uh, for the future and for my place also, because that's another thing too. It's not, it's like, it's also based on the individual, Mm-hmm. You know, it's not necessarily, it's not like it's every single person. It like, like some people live in a forest and have zero digital lives. And so NFTs would literally have, you know what I mean? Some people just backpack in a van and just like are barely on their phone or they have just like a little mobile, like Nokia phone. You know what I mean? Like there, mm-hmm. there's a spectrum of how much people in, um, involve the digital world into their lives um even just social media you know like my sister she was just visiting here um for the past six days or so five days six days um she just left earlier today but she is born 2002 and so she's um you know 18 19 and yeah like definitely she is on like the, the new generation is definitely having a more digital experience of life. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Totally. Like they are all up on their phones. She's constant. Like what I noticed um, is that it's almost like for that generation, I feel like this three-dimensional world is almost not stimulating enough in a lot of ways. Because I noticed a couple of times she would just like literally, if I were a little busy with something, something, she would just kind of put on a stream or like FaceTime one of her friends and put it on in the background. And even that, it's not like she's super engaged in that, but it's almost like an added level of like what I saw at least as like just stimulation and just kind of like something to have on in the background. And I think that goes to people's personality types as well. Some people like to have a little bit more chill of an environment and some people like to have music on in the background or a lot of talking or like can live in a city versus some people can't even live in a city, you know? So there's personality to it too. But I do just think that the younger generation definitely is more used to a lot of like visual stimulation, audio stimulation, like stuff going on in their phones, like pop-ups like coming up and like... Yeah. Types of stuff, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, that's the only thing they know. Like if you if you entered this world in in 2002, like that's what that's every that's all everybody did. Like you don't know any better. Yeah. I know that like my uh my class it, like I graduated in 05, like we're one of the last classes to even remember like families not having a computer, like having like almost a uh like a good part of our childhood without the internet. But there's not a lot of people younger than me that have uh that 
type of life. So it's only getting exacerbated more and more. We also don't know the addictive nature and the, the effect on our brains that it's had uh, over this time. I know I'm hopelessly addicted to my phone. But like um, that happening at such a young age, your brain is developing with this stuff. Like we don't know what's happening there. Like I know that people are afraid of cyborgs and like AI, but like we're already fused with our phones. Like there, everybody has one. We're already, dude. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like that's why I'm saying. I was reading about a study that. um, So and I experienced this firsthand. So like when I'm in bed, when I put my phone down. I literally know exactly like my handle go exactly to where it is. It knows where my phone is. And so I was reading a study that the area that your brain stores, the location of your phone is the same area that it stores the location of your body. Like it's another piece of your body. That's how you, why you know exactly where it is. Yeah. It's like an extension. I feel the same way about my guitar. Like it's so comfortable. I've have had it since I was a kid. Like it just feels natural, but it's, it's like that with everybody for this technology. Cause we're not, I mean, I, I, we don't, you don't have it near us. There's like, you feel, ever feel like the fake buzz in your pocket where like it, <laughs> yeah. it vibrates, but it's nothing really happened. Like what the yeah. fuck is that? Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's all this stuff. Like I, I've just kind of embraced it. Like it's uh, nothing is as scary as, as we think. I think it all kind of happens naturally and uh, almost unassumingly like, um, but the, the amount that we're of information we're able to, um, just have and the amount, the level of connect, connectivity, connectivity and connectability. Like I think in the long, in the long run, it's going to be positive. Like it's definitely been utilized and weaponized in, in many different ways currently, but we're still like very early on, like they're saying like web 3.0 is still coming and that's a huge part of NFTs and crypto. And like, really it's only been like, it wasn't a mainstream thing in both of our lifetimes. So like, who knows what, where it's going to be headed. But I like, I like what I see with crypto. I like how it's, I like the, the decentralization and I, it gives me genuine hope for the first time after, after this crazy year, it's like the introduction to this space into NFTs and crypto through NFTs has like completely changed my worldview and, and, and reinstilled uh, a sense of optimism, which I'm super grateful for. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It does feel, it feels like, it feels like the people are taking their power back a little bit. Totally. You know, it's like the decentralized like nature of it is it's like, it feels like that we're the ones in control as opposed to like the government being in control, which actually is facts. Like even I was listening to a podcast about just inflammation, um, excuse me, inflation. And like inflation <laughs> See, actually, if you got inflammation, you need CBD. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Inflation as like basically he had, he made an argument that inflation is theft. And it's like the government like is basically stealing value from the people. Totally. Um, and yeah, it's just like, you know, crypto does, although technologically I, I'm not super well versed or I understand, I, I feel like I don't have a full understanding of like exactly how it all works. Oh, I don't have any. I, like, I got like 5%. I yeah, yeah. At a like big picture level, I do that. think that I'm very good at like zooming all the way out into like very broad and high level perspective. Is in general the way that I think. Same. And from that perspective, it just does 
feel like the people are the ones that are in control. And it's a little bit more grounded in, even though what it's grounded in is like rules in code and digital. So it feels like how can grounded feels like it needs to be practical in the sense of like the physical world. But that's what like, again, that goes back to like the, that's how this is like a bridge because it's the digital world, but the practicality of a blockchain, the practicality of um, a decentralized network that does kind of make it real, it's just in zeros and ones and it's bits and it's digital, but there is a practicality to it and there's like a groundedness to the energy that is a little bit different than our current like financial system. Oh, I mean, I think it was designed to... Uh, be built up in silence and exist outside of this system because of their understanding of how flawed it is and how corrupt and the global economy quote unquote has just made that 10 times worse over the last couple decades and really the last 40 to 50 years. But I mean, it makes sense that there would be a natural rebellion that, that comes back. Nothing ever, you know, the pendulum always is always swaying. Um, but and I, I, like I said, I don't know. I know way less than you. I know maybe like ten to fifteen percent about how it all works. But um, that doesn't mean I'm any less excited about it. Um, in fact, as every day goes by, I learn more, and I've been really. Uh, it's it's also this whole space has really reinstilled my not not only understanding but like understanding the value of Twitter because I, now I have all these, this group of friends that I'm learning from and collaborating with and getting support from and giving support. And it's, uh, it's cool. Like I was like, why would I, I didn't know that any sort of positive, like supportive space existed in the Twitterverse, but apparently it does. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's like, I think what we're, what we're speaking to in a lot of this is like, how technology is actually neutral. I think technology is neutral and the reason it shows up a little bit more negatively or destructive in our lives is because corporations or certain individuals, um, human nature in general, at least the current state of human beings, is that we do use it, you know, to be offensive and to cause trouble and we're reactive and there's bullying and at the corporate more like bigger high level, they use the apps to like hijack your mind in a way. So it's like and the greed and the power things, hunger and all that. Yeah. All of these things are making it seem like technology is quote unquote bad. But like, like you said, when you really are mindful of your relationship with it, using it as a tool you can actually it like connect with people. You can learn. There's like so many opportunities to use technology, NFTs, crypto, like all of this can be used for a force for good. Um, quote unquote, whatever like your definition of good is, but at just like the personal level of like your relationship with it, it really is like you, you have control of that, you know, like you have the ability to set boundaries around that you have. It's about freedom at the end of the day. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's true, a true fight for freedom. And yeah, that's what, that's what gets me jazzed about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, man, it's uh, it's interesting. It's just it's like it's almost like so. I agree that there's a freedom to it, but it's like I almost feel like sometimes too. Like anything that gets big, as it starts to just like the sharks come in. Yeah, you know, like I do wonder. And again, I am very like beginner level crypto, so I don't know too much about it. But I just do wonder as Bitcoin, Ethereum, some of the biggest coins, as they start getting bigger and bigger, um, that's I feel like when the sharks come out, you know, and you really do have to be mindful of the other power players and the other people that are like um, wanting to control things. And sure, my only my only thought about that is. Like if it's in, if it's indicative anyway, that the government has understood the internet at all, like we're in good shape because, uh, they haven't regulated anything cause they don't understand it. And I feel like the people that, uh, don't understand it, that are in power are all, I mean, they're all going to die eventually. And then it eventually will become common knowledge. You know what I mean? So I definitely think that there, that's a possibility, but I, I wonder if, if that type of, um, takeover, mentality and that like dot that like complete global domination if that like kind of ideology doesn't die out with with the boomers and 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 those younger than them or if it's just part of human nature and and there will always be a level of it that that uh evolves from something that is originally new and as the the for the forces of good and evil naturally take their places things can go either way but i don't know i'm just oh, speculating i feel like it's it's i don't know if that made any sense <laughs> I, feel you. I think it's moved from government as so i agree that governments are getting less and less control with the technology and where technology is going but i think the power has shifted into some of these big corporations whether it be facebook amazon google those are now the new kind of power players. Disney. And the government, as you said, is kind of like phasing out and it feels like they're almost like dying out and eventually. But what I was speaking to was like, yeah, the, the big players in Facebook. And then even now, I mean, I know Bitcoin, the the true founder is like an anonymous, what's his name? Um, I forget his exact name, but he's like, He's like, uh, Oh, Satoshi or something like that. Yeah. 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 And don't quote me on that guys. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> yeah. And I just looked up the Ethereum programmer founder, uh, Vitalik Buterin. So I just wonder for like, for example, for someone like him, you know, like as Ethereum gets more and more valuable and potentially, you know, it's already the founding like blockchain for a lot of different other coins, a lot of different shit. You know what I mean? So like, I wonder, um, how that changes the dynamic of like, even this dude, you know, like, yeah, like, as like, like for example, if he's a Zuckerberg type or if he's a more of a Jack Dorsey or a Bill Gates, like you're right. All that, all that always, the, the, the leader's personality always plays a factor. That's yeah. very true. And I think that's why people, like I was listening to a podcast and he was speaking to, the guy was talking about how Bitcoin, he prefers Bitcoin actually, or he thinks it's the ultimate like decentralized because the founder is um, anonymous and there isn't really a leader. 
you know, like Bitcoin is kind of like, it is the coin like of the people. Um, and so, yeah, it'll just be interesting to see all the different, like with all the different coins right now, which ones emerge as like the ones that are the most, you know, legit in terms of truly decentralized, truly like the security is actually good, truly efficient in the way that, you know, because another thing too that I'm realizing for a lot of this is like the ability to actually have a currency that is practical that requires people to be exchanging um, coins at a very high rate, you know, thousands and thousands per second, you need to be able to trade. And that's one of the things in crypto right now that a lot of the programmers are really trying to figure out, like, that's one of the main challenges is how can we support, like, we're trying to build a coin that can literally support if scalability global economy to scale was using this shit at the same rate that we use money right now, which is thousands and thousands of transactions per second. Do we have the technology and the code and all of the, you know, technological like uh, details and, and, and the infrastructure for that? You know, I feel like that's kind of like the current, um, technological challenge that a lot of the programmers that are making all the different coins and they're all approaching them in, in slightly different ways in terms of how to make it scalable. And so it'll just be interesting to see, you know, cause with Ethereum and the whole, with there's gas. And so we're already starting to see that that's an aspect of Ethereum that is not as efficient or, or could be improved. A hundred percent. And so it'll be like, it's just interesting to like, watch as all these other coins get invented and like as people you know these like smart ass programmer dudes just like coming up with new ideas and we're just like i don't know for me i just feel like i'm like on the sidelines watching just like yo what are people Dude, gonna come up with next same <laughs> it's like and then like two guys meet in new york city and then they have a great weekend and and then they're like hey let's start a podcast and talk about it like even stuff yeah. like that happens yeah yeah I it's know. wild <laughs> And that's, and that's like, yeah, that's what's interesting too. Like, I feel like I'm starting to really see how I fit. You know, like I really appreciate you, you know, asking me to do this podcast with you because, you know, if you were to ask me 10 years ago and told me about crypto, I would have thought that I would actually be a programmer. But now really? that I know more about myself, I actually don't want to be in the like super details of everything. I like looking high level. I like talking. I like conversation. I like just like philosophizing about random shit, you know? So like podcasting is like perfect for me, but it's just interesting to, we all have, we all have our, our role to play in our like kind of place and our, our area of expertise you know, and it's like fitting yourself into the world that exists now and the world that will exist in 10 years. You know, I feel like that's like the, that's like the, the game that we're all playing in life. It's like, where do you fit next? Definitely. Let's slow it down in half time. seconds while i'm drowning in your vibe in this moment all you want is patient love i can't
uncertain you are hurting i can feel it mm-hmm. i can see the changing tides i've never seen this side of you i hope that i can help you through these times we'll make it through to the other side i know i can't do this thing without you it's true Your rhythm keeps me in some kind of mood Now we've got to choose Is it gonna be me or the thought of me? You or the looks of you? Us in the dark as we move into our groove Me or the thought of me? You or the looks of you? Under the stars as we in reality and though i want to kick this habit we keep trying the same thing expecting change it's insanity there's a lot i gotta prove to you we become so comfortable in our dancing shoes with or without you don't matter i got the blues so let's do what we always do move into our groove Cryptocology, the podcast. Here it is. I don't know if we're gonna call. Are we gonna call it that? I like that. I like that. I like it. It's like one word, but it's like a mashup of two words. It's one word. It's and it's just yeah. It is clean. It's just clean. Cryptocology. It hasn't been taken yet, so it will be soon if we don't claim it. You know, we gotta snatch it up while the the iron while it's hot. You know. I'm wondering. I'm just like looking at it spelled out now too. If like hyphen. I like the hyphen personally, but what do you think? It could be cryptocology with an exclamation point, even, you know? Without a hyphen, it, it looks pretty weird. With a hyphen, I don't know if it works. It, it doesn't look that much better with the hyphen. I agree when you type it out, but I'm, I'll be able to find a cool font and make it look make it look cool. Maybe. Um, oh, I'm noticing some stuff on 
when you Google cryptocology, there's a Facebook. I Googled cryptocology podcast because that's like the niche we're, we're after. I mean, the last podcast I had, it started, it started as one thing and then it turned into Antiques Made Daily, which is still out there and listenable if you want to check it out. Me and my homie, fellow artist, millennial Diana Dewop and I chop it up and uh, have a, a 38 episode recount of the craziest year in recent history, which was 2020. So, uh, and also check out Kai's podcast, Mind Tasting, right? Yes, Mind Tasting. I also have like 30 or so episodes. Haven't posted in a while, but I'm kind of like, I'm sitting on some, I'm contemplating the, the new, the new version of the podcast. It's going to be. Mind tasting 2.0. It's actually kind of, kind of be the 3.0. Okay. Kind of got reinvented a little bit mid year. Uh, but yeah. Okay. So this cryptocology, he actually hasn't posted to 2019. And it's just this random page that doesn't really have too much going on. Fuck Facebook anyways. We're not using them. They're not going to scare us away. Yeah, All right. Guys, guys are about to... We're, we're taking over the cryptocology name, bro. Sorry. Well, there it is. I told you we were going to figure out the name of this podcast by the end, and God damn it, we did it. Welcome to Cryptocology. Nice. <laughs> uh, I haven't decided if I'm going to go by... Taylor Alexander, or if I should just get start going by Hume Animals, but I think I'll just say my name, Taylor Alexander, and you should check out my website, humanimalsart.com. Uh, check out the Hume Animals NFTs. I got a digital collectibles uh, series that I'm going to be releasing soon, and hopefully uh, Kai won't mind if I shamelessly plug that as much as I possibly can on this show. Um, Don't and mind at all, bro. I, I, in fact, I encourage it. Perfect. Talkio shit, fam. Talkio shit. He's coming from New York City. I'm coming from Cincinnati, Ohio, and we're going to do this every week. Uh, we're going to be talking about the psychology of crypto and how it's changing our minds and our world and the exciting space that is NFTs and also just philosophize about life because that's what we like to do when we get together. Um, I still got some of those shrooms left, so I think next time I might take a little microdose and see where the conversation takes us next week oh, let me know if you do and I'll um, join you. okay yeah let's do that let's do that once a month or something um, yeah yeah i've also been thinking a lot about that a heroic dose you told me about i think i might be uh be interested in trying that out sometime soon i think i'm i'm uh getting uh definitely getting the benefits from having the microdose experience so thanks again for yeah for that help yeah you're welcome man you're very uh, welcome yeah man it's been fun it's that clear there's there's like a clarity sometimes of just I think what I'm learning too about my past stream experiences is it's like I, I I was thinking about this I wrote a little piece on my blog mind tasting is also a blog on medium on medium.com you can just put mind tasting and when I'm feeling writing and when I feel like writing as opposed to talking I, I post on there um but I presented a little, I presented a framework that I've been using a little bit in terms of my own like personal habits and stuff. And it's basically a framework I use for like vibe. Um, and how I describe vibe is vibe is a combination of mood and energy. So mood would just be kind of like the tone of my experience, kind of good mood, bad mood on that spectrum. And then energy 
is like kind of high energy or low energy in terms of my capacity and motivation and drive to like do stuff. Um, that's what I mean by energy in this context. And so vibe is, as you just visually pointed out, you can plot your location, good or bad, on the like x-axis and, and low or high energy. And what I realize is depending on where you are, they're just different there are different activities that will help raise my vibe. If I'm low energy and in a bad mood, I need like very, like very easy, like zero cost of entry type of stuff. It's like literally listening to a podcast, calling a friend, just putting some music on, something easy, easy that I know will be like chill, chilled out, right? Now, if I'm bad, kind of bad mood, but high energy, I've noticed that's when I need something that's a little bit more grounding that I can almost expel that extra energy, that anxious energy that I have, but move it into something that will raise my mood. And so going for a walk, doing something that's a little bit more active, some breath work, burning some sage and just like being in like something that's a little bit more grounding and being like on this earth doing pushups is are are the kind of like, types of activities that I do when I'm in, in that location of my, of my vibe. And then when I'm in a good mood, below energy, that's when I do flow activating things to just get my energy up and to get, get the momentum going, you know? So that's like doing a jigsaw puzzle, drawing a little bit, just random stuff to get into flow, uh, juggling, um, stuff that'll just like kind of get me going and get the momentum going. And then of course, high energy, good mood is like the best place to be. And that's when I'm just creative, make something, um, also draw something, make a podcast, write a blog post, like definitely like some form of creative expression, play music, dance, flow state. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, I forget why I brought that up, but dude, I don't care why you brought it up. That was the fucking most valuable piece of this whole podcast. That was so cool. <laughs> and it helped me so much. Cause I need, I, I struggle with those high energy, bad mood, uh, places. I get, I go there often, yeah. but to be the way you just put it and the way that you use the ways that you deal with it makes so much sense to me. Like I was, I was just like, Oh shit, I need to try that. Yeah. Like it makes perfect sense. Cause that will then raise your mood because you'll have expelled that energy. You exercise, you feel about, always feel better after working out. Yeah. Like, I love that. Yeah. It's nice. It's really, it's a really nice framework to just have. And it's like, it's nice to just have in general, a list of like vibe raising activities. These are like my go-tos, but I think that additional framework really helps you. Okay. Which one is actually going to work for me in this moment? You know what I mean? Because like I said, if my, like, like dancing and drawing, if I'm in a really bad mood, I'm not even going to want to do that. You know what I mean? So, and then I can get discouraged. Like if that was the only thing on my list, then I would feel discouraged. Like, Oh, nothing's going to, you know what I mean? Like, you right. Then you spiral downwards because you're not, exactly. you're not handling the worse. Yeah. So you need like, it's really good to have very like base level. Like if you're all the way, down in the dumps you know like what is just the smallest little thing that you can do to kind of just like just level up a little bit start a little momentum and then you can even switch like 
a lot of times what all like my morning routine is actually just four or five vibe raising activities all in a row because I just need that to like get my day going. You know what I mean? It's like take a shower, like clean up my environment a little bit, make my bed, like, like take care of my body, skincare, you know what I mean? Like a bunch of grounding activities is actually just how I start my day just to like get me going. Thinking about that, I'm thinking about my, my vibe, my energy. I'm gonna take a shower, I'm gonna take care of myself. I'm gonna maybe eat some food. I'm gonna cook. I'm gonna go for a walk. I'm gonna do some shit for me first. Dude, you know what I say? yeah, it's the art of vibe raising. The art of vibe raising. It's, it's just part of it, and like, and 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 I don't know. I was kind of like taught that that's like the wrong framework. Like, no, you gotta like get that thing done. But like, yo, I'm not even able to get it done. <laughs> you know, like yeah. So so for me, that's really worked, and I think it's you know potentially something that other people can try. Just like maybe focusing on your energy before you go straight into productivity and might actually help you by the time, you know, if you've been taking care of yourself from 9am to noon, by the time noon hits, then boom, you're going to be hella productive. You can even knock that thing out. You know what I mean? Way faster than if you didn't like take care of yourself first. So. Preach dude. We got to end on that note. Um, that's the best advice I've heard all week. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you for doing yeah, this, man. Yeah, Thank you for. I, I did a little. I, I did a little piece on it on mind tasting. If you want to check out, I think I named it like um, how I see vibe management or how I manage my vibe or something like that. So um, check out my blog, and that's the type of stuff that I like to write about. Is like things that it helps to have it. Even though speaking it out loud was definitely that that was good, but like when you, I kind of made it into bullet points that kind of like visually is like okay boom 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 you know so that's the type of thing that i think can be fun when i when i have something to present that i can kind of lay out almost in a little bit you know in a written form sure um that's when i do blog and then i think the podcast is going to be more of like just spitballing and just letting things go and a little riffing less, you know absolutely well i want it to be an open conversation about about uh the crypto space and the psychology of it and nfts and also just about life like that's the kind of podcast I like to listen to. Those are the types of conversations I like to engage in. And I feel like if we're being honest with ourselves and how things are progressing through this journey, we'll never run out of content. So uh, I'm going to be bringing the art and the music uh, to this show because that's what I love to do and what I do best. And uh, yes. I also just love to talk talk shit and talk real shit. So um, yeah. I think can't thank you enough for, for doing for coming on this journey with me and I'm so glad I met you. We just met like less than a month ago, guys, and now we're doing this podcast for you all. So if that isn't a beautiful thing, I don't know what is. Um, but yeah, um, hang on for a second after we, after we go out so we can just kind of rap about how we thought it went and all that. But, um, tune in next week folks. And, uh, we will uh, be coming at you with another episode of cryptocology. Thanks for listening. Thank you all. Appreciate you. Have a good one. All right. Later. See you next week. <laughs> oh, what's that? Oh, no. It's a podcast. It's, it's coming right at us. <laughs> You're now about to enter a new dimension. Cryptocology Podcast.